You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Buckeye Breakdown podcast continues on Friday of game week. It's our preview and prediction podcast as Ohio State gets ready for its week three matchup against the Golden Hurricane from Tulsa. Alongside our coach, Tommy Zagorski, I'm Brendan Gulick. Welcome to our previews and predictions where we're going to dive into a couple of big storylines that the Buckeyes are facing this week. I know it's not necessarily a game that everybody has been dialed in all week, super excited and jazzed to play a a non-Power 5 team. But uh, instead, I think perhaps everyone is looking forward to seeing what kinds of changes that the Buckeyes made defensively that we've heard about all week. Ryan Day has promised things are going to look different and, and they're you know uh, reflecting on different responsibilities within the staff. Um, some of this falls on the players to just flat out execute better. Um, the Buckeyes have to have to show some significant improvement on that side of the ball, and this is their first chance to do it. Coach, how about your uh, your thoughts in general, just where the defense was last week and, and what you want to see from them this week? Brennan, like we talked, you know, I'm hoping they're going to make adjustments that one by three formation that we alluded to with the tight end of the boundary and the pin and pull. I, I'd be shocked if Tulsa doesn't run that this weekend, at least to try to get after it. I'm sure the Buckeyes have worked on it all week. Um, but the big question is, is, is faith, is faith and confidence for this defense. This is still a young defense. Do they have faith and confidence in the ability of whoever's calling that game. And that's different. And, you know, sometimes you make a change like that. When you make a change, you know, it, it, it helps the guys. And, you know, I look back to it, you know, in my coaching career, I was lucky to be an offensive coordinator a couple of times. One of the opportunities I had to be an offensive coordinator was midseason. And I took over an offense that had been kind of, you know, and we, it was not real good, but it was more so the guys in their confidence uh, when it changed who the play caller was. And when I became the play caller, it was not to stroke myself. The guys just had a renewed faith, a renewed sense of um, we can get this done. And I think that possibly that's what Ryan Day's searching for right now. You know, this is like he said all week. This is not a overnight fix. This is something that we really have to invest in. Um, and, and you and I joked off air, if I'm Ryan Day, um, you know, and some people may look at this negatively, I'm taking $2.5 million out of our salary pool. I'm getting on a <laughs> private plane. I'm flying to Little Rock, Arkansas, and I'm asking Barry Odom to get on that plane with me and not look back. You know, Barry Odom's done a tremendous job at Arkansas with lesser athletes in a vaunted higher conference and has done, um, built this toughness, built kind of a, a little bit of something, something for that defense that you'd love to see. So, um, you know, I, obviously Barry Odom's not going to be on the sidelines uh, tomorrow against Tulsa. But what you do see going forward is, you know, a job interview prospect. You know, other guys are these young guys, you know, Matt Barnes, you know, Al Washington, these guys that are on this uh, defensive coaching staff, as well as Coach Coombs are like, do they have the opportunity to either win back this defense or be the guy going forward um, that the Buckeyes need to be that perennial power that we are all accustomed to? I, I'm so glad we've got you to talk about this because you know better than anybody from being in locker rooms for more than a decade um, what the environment can be like both when things are not going well and when things are going very well. Um, I am of the opinion that it's extremely difficult 
to change coordinators midseason when you don't have a very clear succession plan. Uh, and I, I know you half joke about the Barry Odom thing. I, I know you're high on him, but legitimately, I have a hard time seeing Kerry Combs not being the defensive coordinator the rest of the year unless literally the world is on fire and the Buckeyes lose to Tulsa and Akron, right? Like, I, I just – I have a really hard time – like, I, I can see changing responsibilities, someone else calling plays, you know, maybe being up in the box versus being on the sideline, but I, I just have a hard time seeing him not being at least in that role the rest of the season. So I guess my question for you is – you know, have you been around too many programs that have changed coordinators like that where, you know, you, you could pinpoint some of the challenges that come with a move like that mid-year? Yeah, it, 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 you see it right now. Like, I think Coach Coombs will be the defensive coordinator going forward uh, the rest of the season. He's got a lot of experience. He's, he adds value to Ohio State. Just right now, it's probably not at the play-calling uh, responsibility. Uh, but, you know, that's us talking outside the facility. You know, but whoever is going to be calling the plays this weekend, it's going to be really important. It's going to be important, like I said, to have those guys buy in. Um, you know, and I alluded to earlier uh, when I was at Eastern Kentucky, my college roommate was uh, the offensive coordinator, and he ends up getting let go midway through the season. And the head guy calls me in and goes, "Hey, I'm going to make you the play caller." And I remember that moment where you're like, "Holy smokes! Like we got to do this with four games left." Uh, we were fortunate the Colonels went 4-0 those last four games. But the first thing that I brought up to the guys, and, and this is probably not the greatest <laughs> analogy, is that, hey, when you go to a bar, you're going to get a drink served up to you. And that drink you're going to get served up to you, like if you're if you're a Moscow Mule guy, like you know you're going to get a Moscow Mule. Like you're going to get the Moscow Mule, but it's going to be just a little different. I'm going to pour it a little differently, maybe a little bit more of a chilled copper glass for you, but whatever it may be. You know, we've got to make sure that we still have the identity that we've invested in through this entire training camp, through this to this date in the season, but also understanding and have the humility to say things are going to change a little bit. We're going to tweak the way we practice. We're going to tweak the way, you know, maybe we do our turnover circuit. We're going to tweak the way um, that we do, you know, our fundamentals of tackling. We're going to tweak the way that we practice. And, you know, you know, Coach Day said their energy was great, but energy can only do so much. Energy doesn't win a football game. You know, what wins football games is being fundamentally sound and executing a game plan. And that's what you're going to hope to see out of the Buckeyes this weekend against Tulsa. So let's uh, let's maybe dive a little deeper into the offensive side of the ball. You know, Ohio State's offense last week was largely very good. Um, they basically stopped themselves on, on drives where they couldn't convert on fourth downs. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the interception at, at the end of the game that kind of sealed the fate for the Buckeyes. But, you know, we're, we're talking two games into the season now, and Ohio State has more than 1,100 yards of total offense. Um, they continue to look like the offense that we hope and expect could compete at an extremely high level. They've got a top-10 passing offense in the country, and, and Tulsa's defense actually presents a pretty good challenge. They've been a, a good unit so far. Um, offensively, your, your biggest you know keys for Ohio State, what are you looking to see the bucket reestablish the run game. You know, last week, Coach Day had to go away from it in the second half because he didn't have faith in it. And, you know, at the end of the day, we still rush for like 4.1 yards a carry, but you still want to be able as a play caller to feel, hey, on first and 10, I can run the ball. On second and eight, I can run the ball. And then he didn't have that faith last week. You know, he felt the aura of the game was kind of getting away from him. You know, the ebb and flow of it. You go into a game as a play caller and you sit there and you go, wait a second, like, we got to score every drive. Like, we got to we're not getting this. We're not, we're not going to get another stop here. We, we need to keep rolling with this. And I think that's important for him. And, and Tulsa is going to be an undersized defensive line. They're going to rotate a lot of guys in. 
Uh, but they play a good, fundamentally sound defense. They were awesome last year. Um, they had the kid that was the first-round draft pick. Uh, but, you know, as you're looking at it and you see it going forward, I, I think you're going to have a Tulsa defense that's going to give literally Ohio State everything that they can handle. Like right now, if, you know, if I'm stud and I'm in the O-line room, I'm preparing for every blitz that I could possibly see going forward. And the reason I say that is because Phil Montgomery and the Tulsa staff, they know – they're outmatched talent-wise, and they're playing with you know they're playing really with dealer money here. No one yeah, in the country, lose at all. No one in the country expects these guys to come into Ohio Stadium and, and knock Ohio State around. So they're going to throw a bunch of different stuff at them. They're going to run some exotic blitzes. They're going to try to you know get Stroud to be a little less comfortable in that pocket because uh, they just know deep down inside they don't have the guys that can cultivate that pass rush. Guys that can be fit up in the run every single play. Uh, but I would not be shocked to see Ohio State get back to what they did against Minnesota, where they run the football, keep these guys moving uh, early and often, and really, you know, give the opportunity to see, you know, maybe some of these younger offensive linemen uh, to have the opportunity to have them play um, going forward these next two weeks. But, um, you know, really, I think that's going to be a big part of the offense. And, you know, once again, you know, I with our receiving core that's been so incredibly, incredibly explosive you know, to get those guys again. And, and the, the tail of the tape's going to come back to, can we run the football and can we hit open receivers? I think those are the two biggest things for Ohio State going into this game. If they can do that, um, they're feeling really good in the locker room after the game and they and they feel like they're going to go forward with it. We discussed this on Sunday. The elite programs in the country don't fall to the level of their competition. Um, you know, they rise to the level of their training. And, you know, that's an old Greek philosopher's term that we've used a bunch in coaching. But that's what you're going to see going forward. So I, I think this is going to be a great weekend for the Buckeyes. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing this offense really get after it um, and, and put something together uh, for the faithful that uh, that they're going to attend the game tomorrow. I am uh, I'm totally in agreement with the run the football component of this. I, I really, really think that Ryan Day stressed in a big way this week he felt like the offense was out of balance last week and it's not a knock against a passing attack that registered almost 500 yards through the air, but he, he acknowledged essentially that he felt like he abandoned the run late in the game when he was kind of chasing things and needed CJ Stroud to really get after it. Um, I mentioned this on last night's podcast inside the numbers. So we had talked a few different times about the 484 passing yards being, you know, the second most, passing yards for a single player in a game in Buckeye history. What I just uh, last night acknowledged for the first time, his number of completions and number of attempts in that game were also second in, in their respective categories in single game history for an Ohio State quarterback. The Buckeyes threw the ball basically every, uh, two out of every three plays last week, and they ran 70-some-odd uh, plays. It may have even been more than two out of every three. Um, Got to find a way to, to get Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams more established this week. But to that point, you know, you, you kind of get lulled into this. Um, you're playing against uh, a non-Power 5 team, and you want to get experience for guys who don't often see the field. This is the kind of game that you would typically see Ohio State try to play some depth. I'm wondering if we're going to see that because – Last year, we didn't have these non-conference games where Ohio State could get some of those guys some valuable minutes, but it feels like they've been rotating everybody in all over the place, especially on defense, through these first couple weeks. I am, I'm very curious to see how much different, or if different at all, from the first couple games, 
the youth component of this game will look like. Yeah, you know, coming off of a uh, coming off a loss like Ohio State just did, that's not a conversation that's being had in staff meetings right now. Um, they're they're there right now. Are like, we got to go win this football game. Uh, you know, you don't feel as confident probably coming into it, uh, just knowing that you you got that L last week. Now it doesn't matter who you're playing against. Uh, deep down inside, in the back of your mind, as a coach, you do have a rotation of guys that you think about that if you do get in that event, and that you go that way in every game, no matter who you're playing. Like, and you have to have that to say, hey, you know. They still get the rule to have the four games for these freshmen that you want to redshirt. So if there's guys that you're trying to hold over, you know, is this an opportunity for them to get into a game um, and look at it? It's also the thought, do you want to waste that opportunity as well? You know, and I think that what's really important for the Buckeyes this weekend is letting, you know, Travion, letting Mayan go run. Like, go run. Let's get 250-plus yard rushers here. And it doesn't matter who you're doing it against. You are doing that. And you're building that confidence in your offensive line. You're building that confidence in these young running backs, um, and you're giving them the ability. And and still, at the at the end of the day, it's going to give them you know more more reps, more opportunities, and really to see what these guys came to Columbus to do. And you know, I, I think for the, the coaching staff, if they decide that they want to play these younger guys because they get up you know big, that's a great problem to have, um, and then something you smile about after the game. But but right now, I really think this Buckeye staff is thinking about let's go win the football game on the offensive side of the ball defensively, like we're still trying to find the elixir. We got to find who it is. And, and the one thing that's exciting is, you know, maybe somebody down that depth chart that didn't have a great camp. Um, you know, we've got our, you know, we just got somebody eligible NCAA wise that can maybe get a ton of reps for us. Um, you know, and, and that gives them the, you know, ability to play for Ohio state and, and maybe they're some of the missing pieces to make this Buckeye defense get ready for big 10 play. I, um, I'm I'm really interested on the defensive side to see from from a personnel perspective, and I'm I guess I'm not talking about you know uh, are we seeing different rotations of guys, but which guys are out there that are able to adjust in game? Because when Coach Day regularly talks about you know okay you've got a problem is it scheme is it coaching is it personnel I think those are three obvious areas to look. But to me, the, the the personnel component of that doesn't just mean do we have the right guys out there. It means are the guys that are out there that maybe made a bad play, can they fix it quickly enough uh, before we have to change players? And in, in continuing to watch some tape and some analysis from this past week, um, I, I actually saw something from Joel Klatt. Uh, he, he put it up on, on Fox College Football's channel. Um, and, and he put a lot more of the emphasis – or, or maybe the blame is a better way to say it on the players than he did on the coaching staff, basically saying, you know, on, on all three of the touchdown runs that swept to the left-hand side that Oregon ran. And then certainly the one that ran up the middle, um, he essentially said, look, this defense is designed to work. And if you have a guy that knows that he's got to crack replace, or you've got a safety that takes the right angle to the ball um, or linebackers that communicate the right way, the defense is schematically supposed to work, but the players aren't executing it well. So I just thought it was interesting to see that perspective because I think we've probably put a lot more credence on, you know, the, the coaching staff not preparing guys or guys not looking, you know, the way they should look and so thinking that they were taught differently. Um, I think some of this onus uh, probably now more rightly is being placed on the guys that are on the field. They've got the talent. It's time to go get it done. Yeah, I, I amen to that. But as a coach, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it. 
And, and I think that what's really important is like, yeah, players make plays and you're going to give those guys the opportunity to do that. But as a coach, you're responsible for your unit. You're responsible for your group. 11 hats on defense all have a responsibility. It all works together. It's not, you know, in conjunction where like the left corner or the boundary corner and the, and the play side defensive end, you know, that's all part of the scheme. It's all put together um, when you're, when you every single play. And yes, on paper, maybe some of this stuff looks like it should be done, but also if it's not working schematically, you have to give a different look. You have to adjust. You have to have in-game adjustments because, yeah, on paper and on a, on a whiteboard, you look great. You're like, I got this thing. We got this. You're lining up. Hey, we got to get this. Well, we're not getting there. So how do we adjust to, you know, make that work? And and I think that's important. Like, you know, anyone, when they drive to work, you know, they're listening to this, listening to this right now or watching us. When you drive to work, you've got a way you drive to work. Well, all of a sudden, on your way to work, like, you know, there's an accident in front of you. And you go, holy smokes, I got to be at an 830 meeting. Well, are you going to sit there and just wait? Or are you going to go on your phone and figure out a different way to do it? I mean, it's adjusting. It's adapting, adjusting, and overcoming. And that's what you really want to see out of this Buckeye defense. Um, you know, the coaching, and I say that, players, you're responsible for your players. It dates back to the Urban Meyer era. You know, the power of the unit. That's a big part of it. And I know Ryan Day has taken a lot of parts of that. And I know at the end of the day, Ryan Day, he's going to be harder on those coaches than he is on those players because um, you're not recruiting those, you know, you're not recruiting your coaches. You're paying them a livelihood uh, to support their families to get it done the right way. And um, and that's why there's such an important aspect of this game this weekend for them. This is more of a, a tactical question than big picture. Um, with with a inexperienced defense, is it easier to play man or zone? Or, or does that not really apply? It goes back to playing AAU basketball. When you go play AAU basketball, you roll the ball out. What do you want to do? You're going to go play man. You're going to play different routes to go man. It's Because man doesn't take as much coaching in regards to scheme. But where it does come into play is technique. And the great ones that run man, they are incredible technicians as you watch it. Um, and, and Ohio State knows how to do that. They've done it for years. And really, you know, Coach Coombs, that's, a, that's his deal. He's always been a man guy. He teaches man. He gets into the, you know, the nitty gritty of what the technique is for the corners and uh, for the safeties and what they're going to do. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you're playing man, like you've got, you know, you've got somebody man zone. There's a lot more communication. There's a lot more adjustments uh, as you get into it and a lot more calls and checks that come into the defense. Cause you know, one of the things you're going to see on, you know, teams are going to set, they're going to adjust, they're going to realign. Um, they're going to give you a bunch of different things. And, you know, you and I have talked about it before, um, you know, on this podcast, like you don't want to let the linebackers set their feet at the urinal, make them move, make them uncomfortable uh, when they're trying to go do different things. Same thing with your secondary. And I wouldn't be shocked if see Tulsa do a lot of shifts, a lot of motions tomorrow uh, as a way to kind of just put that on the defense uh, and, and give them to paint that picture to see what Ohio State's adjustments are going to be early. Let's talk Tulsa running backs, because I'm sure if they watch the first two weeks, you know, they, they have seen a blueprint of what a successful rushing attack can look like from Minnesota and from Oregon. Um, Tulsa's got a couple of fairly good running backs in the backfield. Daenerik Prince has had maybe statistically the better year so far. Shamari Brooks, a, a pretty accomplished running back, but he's coming off of an ACL injury last year. So I don't think he's gotten quite the same volume through the first couple games. Um, but I, I think you can make the argument that that rushing attack for the Golden Hurricane is their offensive strength. Anything in particular stand out about uh, about that unit? 
just the way that they run. They run really hard. Um, they're really well coached by Jaden Everett, the running backs coach at Tulsa. Um, and, and I've had an experience to work with Jaden as well for two years. So I know what he does day in and day out with those guys. And then they love him and they're going to run really hard for him. It's funny. Jaden's actually a Tony Alford disciple. So it's kind of a unique, uh, you know, backline story of those two getting together this weekend to go against each other. Uh, but having both those guys on the dope Walker watch list is, is really impressive and, and really Tulsa tried to throw the football a lot um, in their opening game against UC Davis, which they had a blues to an FCS team at home, uh, which is a tough one to swallow, especially as an American conference team. But in that game, they had three runs, explosive runs that were called back because of penalties, a personal foul on an offensive lineman. Uh, they had a, a holding call uh, on a receiver away from the football and they had a block in the back on a receiver away from the football. So three explosive runs were called back in that game. That kind of that tail of the tape doesn't really give you as much of that benefit. And then last week they played an Oklahoma state team who they had on the ropes. They had them, you know, at their place in Stillwater, they were punching, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, had a fourth quarter lead uh, and just really couldn't hold on to it and kind of got outclassed at the end of that game. You know, and I know Ohio state's going to preach us all week going, Hey, we got to stop the run early and often because Tulsa comes in this game. The only way they can control this game is to keep the Ohio State explosive offense off the field is by controlling the clock, is giving the ball to their two-headed monster, let those guys run the football, uh, and, and give them an opportunity to maybe play for the fourth quarter, um, You know, similar to what they did against Oklahoma State. I know you don't know Jesse Murko personally, but uh, a 24-year-old freshman, uh, the punter from Australia, it's um, – it's it's maybe a part of the game that doesn't get talked about enough. And I know you've got a special teams background as well. You get a punter that can flip the field the way Jesse has, you know, twice last week downing a punt at the one yard line. And he gave all the credit to his gunners and that's fine, but he still executed really well two really good punts. He also had one that was okay. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's fair to focus on, on the two that were really special. Um, in the limited time you've you know you've seen from the special teams unit so far and and from Jesse, what do you like about the Buckeye special teams? You know, really, I, you know, I, you look at it this way. You know, he's somebody that's special. He's somebody that, you know has a lot of you know you know. And you think about this. Take a step back. Twenty four years old. He's moving to Columbus, Ohio, to do what? To punt the football. You know that that's what he's coming back coming here to do. And it's I've had the privilege of coaching two of those Australian guys that have come over here. Um, you know, with the mindset that they want to do this. And, you know, there, there's guys that get you connected with pro kick and stuff like that. Um, and, and they place these guys. And you think about it, like he starts off his life punting the football. The reason he's so good with it is you and I growing up with our dads, we played catch with our hands. In Australia, they play, they kick the ball. They go, let's go kick the ball around, mate. And like, that's what they do. And I apologize to all Australian fans that are watching. That was very, uh, and not not that cute to say that, but uh, I, I say that with the mindset that it's more natural for him to be able to do that. And, you know, having the humility to give credit to the other guys in the special teams unit, that's what sets Ohio State apart from everyone else that they play. It's such a talent, deep roster. Guys that are on these special teams units are elite football players. Guys that could start any, almost anywhere else in the country are running down covering kicks or punts. And, and I love to see that Ryan Day still has the ability, you know, to have starters on those units. And, and I, I think that's when you see great cultures and great teams is when you invest in special teams, you let your starters go play at least on one of the running units. And, um, you know, going forward this weekend, you know, don't be shocked if they have an explosive, you know, return or something along those lines, because Tulsa is not going to try to give them a lot of opportunities. Uh, but at the end of the day, like we should be able to class them in that third phase of the game while we're, we're winning those hidden yards. So you're a former all American lineman. I know you love looking at the, at the big guys up front, both sides of the ball. I know it's got a special place in your heart. 
the the Buckeye offensive line has has obviously done a, a very good job so far. Uh, probably executed better week one than they did in week two. I think they're going to have their hands full with a pretty good defensive tackle and Jackson player this week. Is there a matchup that you're most looking forward to watching when Ohio State is on offense uh, specific to the line? Yeah, you know, looking at Jackson player, like they're going to try to get him on the center as much as possible uh, to have him isolated, try to get some one-on-one stuff. I think with our inside zone stuff that Ohio State runs and maybe some of the press stuff or duo stuff that they're going to get into, um, you know, and duo is just a is a gap scheme run with a lot of combos up front for those that are listening. And, then, and the mid-zone play that they're going to run, they're going to attack, you know, the aiming point for the back is going to be that outside leg of the tackle. And, you know, it's going to be able to try to get that guy caught up in the zone. He's going to come in this weekend with the mindset, I got to get filmed together on Thayer Munford and Paris Johnson and the rest of this Ohio State offensive line. Uh, but realistically, um, you know, he could get caught in the wash pretty early. You know, I think the biggest thing is is to, to combo him as much as possible. Uh, you're going to get double teams throughout the game. I think that's why the inside zone play is going to be so big. Back to the split flow inside zone we ran with Rucker coming across. Um, should be really, really good for the Buckeyes this weekend. Um, and you, like I said in the opening, I want to see, we all want to see Ohio State establish this run early, show that they can run the football, and really take a lot of stress off, you know, our, you know, off of CJ so that he has the ability. When he does drop back to pass, he's connecting. He's making those throws that, uh, that last week that we were disappointed uh, he didn't do. Buckeyes have played uh, particularly well against teams that are non-Power 5 schools. In fact, they have not lost to a non-Power 5 team uh, since 1990. So every year since 91, the Buckeyes have taken care of business. And also historically, you know, Ohio State has been pretty darn good at not losing back-to-back games. Uh, I think the last time they did it would have been uh, the 2013 season, Michigan State and Clemson, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, You know, I don't think a lot of people are necessarily worried that the Buckeyes aren't going to win this game this week. I think it's more of a how do they look when they go out there. In a game where, you know, I'm sure you've been in situations or maybe you're, you're coming off a game where you didn't play your best, and then you're playing against an opponent that, I mean, just on paper, you're more talented, you should beat. And I'm not trying to knock Tulsa's program. Tulsa and Ohio State are just not on the same level. Um, how do you measure progress? Ryan Day was asked that this week and you know, gave a, a kind of a coach speak type answer. Well, how do you measure progress when you're going up against a team that you know you're going to probably out physical all game long? Um, wh- what are you looking for to see that you're getting better, even though the results might give you a false indication? cold-blooded execution execution of the game plan relentless effort running to the football on both sides of the football finishing blocks staying engaged that's what you want to see and and, and we talked about in the opening is you know you fall to the level of your training and you know you know you don't rise to it like we have to give ourselves the ability to say hey like it doesn't matter who you're playing you're an elite football team you represent the ohio state university and you are finishing every single play and that's where these coaches like this film session that they're going to go into on Sunday um, after this game is going to be highly, highly more, um, you know, anal- you know, looking at the little details than it was against Oregon probably last week, just because you want to make sure that your guys are executing on an entire uh, level that that is, you know, what we were accustomed to at that point, and that's going to show the growth. Can Ohio State not turn the football over? Can Ohio State tackle guys for loss? Can Ohio State generate some sacks? Can you get some one-on-one situations in the pass game? They get back there and and, and make, kind of wreak havoc and and let the momentum of the game 
also be a big part of it. Um, and like I said, at the beginning, cold-blooded execution. What's the game plan? Is everybody doing their job? Are there plus-pluses on that grade sheet the next day? And, and that's what you're going to look for. You're going to look for that the next two weeks for Ohio State uh, before they get into, you know, big 10 play. And really to look at it, not to, not to knock who we're playing, I mean, until Indiana, it's not like there's anybody coming down the pike right now that you're going, ooh, we're shaking our boots. Um, it, it's important to make sure that the Buckeyes um, – really grow and develop and, and execute um, at the end of the day. So execution and relentless effort are going to be uh, hallmarks this weekend for the Buckeyes. Yeah, definitely a softer part of the schedule with Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, and Maryland, the next four, and then the bye before Indiana. Uh, and Indiana's got a heck of a game this week with Cincinnati because Indiana's not off to a great start. They've fallen out of the top 25. I mean, they're super talented. They've got a number of those same guys back from last year's team, but all of a sudden that game against the Hoosiers is um, – looking a little bit less threatening than it would have if you're talking about the, the preseason. Um, all right, prediction time. We'll wrap it up with this. Uh, so the line, I think on Sunday, pretty sure it opened at 31, and it's backed off like almost a full touchdown now. I've seen a couple different sports books. Some are at 25, some are 24 and a half. Um, so we've, we've seen a, a significant shift in Tulsa's favor. Uh, if, well, I guess, I guess it's in Tulsa's favor if the line's tightening. Uh, I'm going 49-20. I think Ohio State's offense is is going to look like what you'd expect. I think the defense will be significantly better, um, but I still think Tulsa is going to put a couple of touchdowns on the board. I don't know if it's going to be two touchdowns and two field goals or if it's going to be three touchdowns and a missed field goal, but I, I, I kind of like 49-20. Brendan, I, uh, I think we're going to score a lot of points this weekend, um, and I think Ohio State, like they, they're going to make a statement this weekend. You know, coming off this game, got to win back this fan base the right way. Um, and people are going to laugh. I'm going to go 59-17, Buckeyes. Um, I think the offense explodes. I think defensively you're going to see a resounding effort by these guys that, that take pride in what just happened to them. Um, it hasn't been hit in the mouth like this. Ohio State has been hit in the mouth like this in quite some time. And I know we knocked that we said in the last three games this defense has not played well. It was against the Alabama Crimson Tide, who historically was going to go down as one of the greatest teams ever assembled in the game of college football. You're going to go back and 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 then look at like a Minnesota team uh, that you know had some points that they scored and moved the ball, had the one big explosive run um, and knocked some people down. But at the end of the day, like this is going to be an outstanding game, um, you know, across the board for Ohio State. They need to do that, and don't be shocked. Like I said, maybe a special teams touchdown um, tomorrow. Looking forward to it. 59-17, huh? All right. I'm in. I think there's a lot of Buckeye fans that would love to see a final score like that. You go home and take a big, deep breath, feel a lot better about where the Buckeyes are if they put up a win like that. Absolutely. Tommy Zagorski, appreciate your time, my friend. We'll, uh, we'll chat with you along the way this weekend. Look forward to your analysis of Ohio State and Tulsa. Thanks, Brandon. Go with God, fight with heart.